All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Infinity Film Rundown. The episode before the actual episode gets started. Um, I guess we can call it that now, Ben. I don't know. How to, I don't know. I, I don't know. Welcome to another episode. We've got a pretty big rundown today. We've got a couple of reviews, some trailers to go over. Ben's got some film news. I'm sure one of those has to deal with Knives Out too. I mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. But Ben, a pretty oh well. First of all, Ben, how you doing? Oh, doing good. Thanks for asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you had a you had quite a good weekend, didn't you, buddy? Oh yes, this past weekend, Ed and I went to Bush Gardens. <laughs> Ton of fun. Very, very nice. Very nice. See, I just went to a housewarming party. I didn't get the invite to you know go hang out at Bush Gardens. Oh, next time. Well, I, I knew you were busy, so whatever. That's what. Yeah. Okay. That he's just being nice because he's just because we're recording. But whatever. Let's get started and let's reviews. go through our rundown. <laughs> yes, let's talk about some <laughs> reviews. Ben, should we save F9 for, for last? Or and let me talk about false positive real quick. Yeah, you can should do that. Talk about that. You know what? We're gonna talk about false positive real quick. So false positive is the latest film from A24. Ben, you and I are both big fans of, A- of the A24 studio production company, whatever you want to call them. They've usually. Yep, yep, yep. I I well, I think I probably like them a little bit more than you do, it sounds mm-hmm. like. And I was really excited for this one. Because you got a pretty good cat, you know, like pretty good cast. You got Alana Glazer and Justin Thoreau in there, but you've got Pierce Brosnan. So, and uh, Sophia Bush for all you, uh, what's that show? One Tree Hill fans. So, um, <laughs> it's centered around this couple living in New York and they're trying to get pregnant and they go to this guy and get her pregnant and insanity ensues. And that's all I'm going to say. That's really all the trailer gives away. But Truthfully, Ben, this was kind of a disappointment because I saw the ending from a mile away. And, you know, A24 likes to do these things with a lot of their movies. Not all not all of them, but with most of them where they like to, you know, have these twisted, effed up endings yeah. or like weird reveals in their yeah. third acts. And this time around, it just didn't work for me because I saw it from a mile away. And I think, Ben, if you watched it too, you would have saw it from a mile away. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fan of Justin Thoreau. I thought he was fine. Alana Glazer was fine. Everyone's fine. Even Pierce Brosnan was, you know, he was fine. He was, it's fine. It was, it's, it's harmless. It's watchable. It's on Hulu. It's free. I'm glad I didn't pay money for it because I probably would have been really pissed off and I probably would have been a lot more angrier. Uh, it's definitely not, it's definitely not what I come to expect from A24, Ben, although A24 has their misses. <clears throat> First cow. But, um, you know, for, you know, I, I expected more. I got, you know, and I got, it's, it's an hour and a half film and it's, it's harmless. It's just, it's very predictable. It's very bland. I didn't really get the chemistry between the wife and the husband. I, I get the message that the movie was going for. And I think the execution was all that great, but you know, a 24 has got a couple more movies coming out this year that both I'm really looking forward to. Uh, one's coming out this weekend. I, I'm hoping to uh, go see either tomorrow or, or by the time this recording comes out, hopefully I'll have already seen it. So, um, and then we got another one coming out at the end of July, the green night. So hopefully I'm, and I'm really looking forward to that one. So yes, I'm up in the road for a 24. I give it like a two and a half out of five. That's what I gave it on my letterbox. So, so false positive gets a true negative from you. Yeah. Very, very well done, Ben. Very yeah, well done. Thank you. Well, Let's go from false positive to <sighs> yes, yes. One of my most anticipated films of the year because I love this oh, franchise wow. so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fast Night. 
I'm sorry. Let me come <laughs> on by the actual title. F9, The Fast Saga. Yeah. Ben, I, it's stupid every time. I, <laughs> I don't know how they top themselves. I, I really, I really don't. <laughs> F9, The Fast Saga is out. And uh, the, you and I both saw it over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, Thursday night. Yeah, you saw Thursday night. I went and saw it Friday in IMAX, and I got to see it again on Sunday with my sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say this, Ben. Seeing you, you know, my friends and everything on Friday was a lot of fun. Yeah. And that's what I go to these movies for, just to be entertained and have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I got that with this movie. It is stupid. Yes. It is absolutely absurd. It's, yes. it, I mean, you know, I, I can't even run I can't even go around it. The space stuff got it. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 but at the end of the day, and like Ryan and I were talking about it on Sunday, it's like we don't. I care, but then I don't because I love <laughs> I love this cast so much because they clearly have chemistry. Yeah. But damn, they I mean, they really just want that. They, they're trying. They're trying. Like, I'm really watching this. Like, you're trying to get me to hate it. You're really you're <laughs> trying to get me to hate it. Yeah. I, 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 I can't say I loved it. I liked it a lot. I have a, I had a lot of fun. It's definitely going to be in my collection when it comes out on 4K. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And I think I think I have I think we have more fun talking about it afterwards than <laughs> actually watching it. Yeah. But I gotta say, seeing it that Friday, it was like the theater was the IMAX theater was half full because it was like it was four o'clock on a Friday. Mm-hmm. But the audience I was with was really good. It was really good. They were kind of, they were all kind of and it's hard to hear because the movie is really good. loud and it is an yeah. IMAX, but you could still hear some of the laughter and stuff. And my MVP goes to Tyrese Gibson. I, I mean this guy kills it and him and Ludacris have really really great chemistry I, i've got some other stuff i want to say but i just i i and i'm going to say that for after you go but i just want to say that my audience i was with made the experience that more that much more fun that's good ben how'd you how'd you enjoy or not enjoy <laughs> the fast saga <laughs> yeah so whatever it's called um my favorite part was probably the new james bond trailer that they showed in front of the movie uh, Dude, okay, I, I got. I was really gonna cool. save that for something. <laughs> okay, but real quick, real quick. Yeah. Uh, my my sister, uh, we were on Sunday. She leaned over. She was like, "Hey, you know, I don't like James Bond that much, but even that looks pretty good." And I was like, "Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's some there's some cool stuff." Uh, but anyway, F nine. Uh, yeah, we all know it's ridiculous and crazy. And no, <laughs> I <laughs> a lot of people say. I'm, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. That's kind of a funny meme or whatever going around. And that's how I kind of feel with this because I, I, I can't be mad because I knew it wasn't going to be good. It's not Citizen Kane or Pending 2 or anything. It's, the, you know, just made up story is ridiculous and the acting is not great. But I, I am a little disappointed because to me it wasn't as fun as the other ones. I was laughing out loud at the ridiculousness and uh, saw it with Anna and Roman. And uh, Roman and I had fun, and I fell asleep. Long day at work. I don't, I don't get you. But uh, no, it wasn't because of work. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, there's loud explosions. I was like, you won't fall asleep. And yeah, she did. Um, but just, yeah, just the, the the story. I mean, it's all about fam, family. family. But there's like stuff with Dom's family that I was like, so confused. I'm like, why was this not brought up before? And that is my biggest criticism. Yeah. You're going to tell me that you're going to hold off telling him he had a brother <laughs> for nine movies. You're going to wait yeah. till now? I, oh, but, uh, yeah. And he didn't even like give him a chance in the movie anyway. No, he did it. 
He did. <sighs> I, look, at that, I get it. You know, you know, family, you know, family deaths, especially the, the death in the family, get tough, right? Yeah. I think he was a little too hard on his brother, but I get it. I, I get why he was still a little tough on him, though. And a little bit, but not. <laughs> I, I, I just like the whole thing of. I don't want to give it away, but it's like it's Fast and Furious, guys. I, I <laughs> okay. There's a there's a there, there's a flashback when they're racing and <laughs> really Dom like gives them yeah Dom gives them like an ultimatum and I'm like that's dude yeah that's really that's yeah yeah that come on really can we talk about those flashbacks though Ben because <laughs> this is my that's my biggest problem with this movie way too many yeah the first one was great. I like the yes. first one and I, I like the last one. I was going to say that first one like pulled me into the movie and I was like, mm-hmm. wow, this that might actually be like serious and good. Yeah. And uh, and it was well, well thought. But then, yeah, it just went overboard with each one. Yeah, that, that just way too many flashbacks. And then, man, you know, I, I, I had a, I went on a rant on my personal Instagram film page last year talking about how bad Bloodshot was um, <laughs> and mainly because of Vin Diesel. I love Vin. I love him in this role so much. He was terrible in this movie. I mean, he has he was, no emotion. There is a scene, and I'm going to give this away. Michael Rooker's in the movie, and he goes to visit Michael Rooker. <laughs> and I, I had about almost passed out on the floor from laughing so hard. You did the best you could, buddy, with <laughs> Jacob. But you know he's going to cause some harm. I'm like, what? What? What is this? Yeah, it's so weird. And he's like in this tight muscle shirt. And he's like, oh, well, good, my, my, my. take him. going to get in trouble at work, is he? <laughs> oh, dude, I just. And it was funny because like I actually liked his opening scene when I like yeah. Farmer Dom. I was like, yeah, father, uh, Farmer Dom. <laughs> sure. This yeah. child. And then five minutes later, oh, shit. I mean, Ben, I'm just going to say this, too. These guys are more powerful than the Avengers. Yeah. Roman. (laughs) uh, Not your friend, Roman, but Roman. Tyrese Gibson's character should have been dead in the first 10 minutes of this movie. Several times. I'm going to the first one where he's surrounded by at least seven or eight, probably 10 um, officers. And he kills all of them, Ben? Mm Mm-hmm. No, he's fine. They're they're immoral, dude. They're they're probably stronger <laughs> than the Eternals. I mean, they're yeah. stronger than the Avengers, that's for sure. I mean, Dominic Toretto would laugh at the Avengers. Like, it took you guys two movies to beat Thanos. <laughs> took me two minutes. <laughs> yeah, with family. And that's what I think. The, the the actual fight between Dom and Jacob was all spoiled in the trailer. I mean, if it, yeah, I, yeah, that trailer gave a lot away. So that those yeah. are my really big negatives. The marketing gave pretty much everything away. The flashbacks and why Han is back is stupid. It's really stupid. Yeah, he. Uh, it feels like the creators of the movie just like listen to people on Twitter. You know, ah, oh, justice for Han. Okay, we'll bring it back, but we're not going to use him for anything purposeful, really. Right. Uh, and then you know we want more family. Ah, oh, we'll introduce family in this ninth installment. Uh, yeah, R- Roman. Uh, your friend Roman. And, yes. No, 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 no. Roman in the movie. Uh-oh. Tyrese Gibson was, uh, I don't know. He wasn't as funny to me this time either. Mm. He, I mean, he's definitely a highlight, but uh, uh, amongst everyone else. But I, uh, Jordana Brewster too. I feel like she's a really good actress. 
and she was actually showing emotion and, and everything. I, I liked her a lot. I've always yeah. liked her character. Like yeah. I think her character is severely underrated. Yep. Um, in this whole franchise, so it was great seeing her pop back up. And I actually yep. like the whole Same. sisterhood they have with her and Michelle Rodriguez. Like they, they, those two. Mm-hmm. If they made a female Fast and Furious movie, so be it. Fine. Another negative though. What the hell is Cardi B doing in this damn movie? What, oh what my a- gosh, dude! Roman, my friend and I were just cracking up at. <laughs> ridiculousness although it was great seeing the queen helen mirren i gotta say oh yeah, yeah. i liked her scene a lot i did, I did yeah like yeah scene. that was fun yeah so if you guys can't tell uh, yeah. it, it's look it's the night it's the 10 it's technically the 10th film in the franchise if you're not on board now you're never gonna get on board yeah so if you like this franchise you're probably gonna enjoy what it has to offer <laughs> yeah it seems on filmstagram like the fan that then like the people who aren't fans of the franchise are hating on this movie and the people that are fans like yeah it's dumb it's stupid but i I still we still enjoyed ourselves so i'm in the middle i'm like i don't hate it i didn't love it like i wanted to i had a lot of fun though and i think seeing it with friends and then seeing it again with my sister on sunday just if we had watched this at home i probably i probably would have given it more of a negative review than i am yeah that's a good point so yeah I'm, i'm still in the like Fast Five and Furious Seven are the the top, and well, I feel like thing. it's that, it's that going down a little bit. Yeah. Furious Seven should have been the final one. Yeah, they really should have been. That was just the perfect ending to everything. So, yep. but and I get it. When a movie, when a look, when a franchise movie makes a, over a billion dollars, and it's the first one that franchise make a billion. Yeah, you make another one, but I think you're doing these characters a disservice. So, and oh, and then you know how much I love Charlie Staring. Yeah, I. She had no business being in this movie. Wasted. <laughs> she just it's it's a build up for <laughs> next oh, time. Oh, it's definitely a build up because she it's she it's clearly she is going to be the antagonist for the last two films. Yeah. So I, I just that's hope, no spoiler. I just right. hope she gets a haircut before. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I mean for someone being in prison, she was still looking damn good. I was like, damn. Yeah, yeah. All right. You eating? <laughs> uh, I mean, where, I mean, where are you? She's in that glass box. I uh, yeah, I oh. And the, if anyone's, they're like bringing her her clothes or something, I guess, and they're like, ah, oh, the red leather pants. Let's go with that. I know we have to, we have to wrap up, but that yeah, that's Star Wars joke. <sighs> let's, yeah. let's just go. Let's, well, that's fun. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, oh boy. I mean, she was doing the best she could delivering that joke. But <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> weird. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got some trailers. We will rather fire through. Let's. Uh, we always start with Marvel. Let's go Marvel. So we got a new Shang Chi. That's right. This one was the shorter trailer. It's really cool. I'm into it. Um, I mean, I was with the first trailer, but uh, showing a little more, and I'm yeah, I'm definitely excited for it. Yeah, I, I didn't enjoy it as much as the first trailer, mm-hmm. but I did enjoy it quite a bit. And in case you haven't watched the trailer, we're not going to reveal what happens at the end in case you haven't seen it, because we're not like that. We don't give away spoilers unless you just heard our Fast 9 review. <laughs> but uh, we don't give away spoilers here on the podcast. I, I bet I, we said it the first time when we reacted to the first trailer. I'm really looking forward to this movie. I, I don't really have any concerns other than I hope they do the Mandarin justice, mm-hmm. even though I, I, I was one of the people who didn't have a problem with the Mandarin and Iron Man 3. I right. thought Marvel had a lot of balls for, for doing that. So 
visually, I have no doubt it's going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I my I'm just curious on how this fits into the larger MCU, but this looks like it's going to be a cool little standalone feature. So I'm I'm good. I'm excited. Sign me up. I'm, I'm looking forward to it as much as Black Widow next week and yep. uh, Eternals in November. But hey, it's the MCU. So good trailer. Good trailer. Good trailer. Uh, from me, the Sing 2 trailer, the the first Sing, I liked. It was okay. Um, saw it with my buddy Troy, and it was fun and fine. Uh, gave us a, another banger from Scarlett Johansson that I have on repeat a lot. And then Sing 2, it the trailer gave away a lot. I feel like I know the whole movie now. For real? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> it's just kind of, yeah, it's crazy. And I feel like it's not very original idea either. <laughs> the way I'm pretty sure it's going to go. So the only thing I'm looking forward to is another great song from Scarlett. And Bono is the voice of the lion, which <laughs> I don't know. I like you too. So Bono voice and someone's kind of fun. But then they they have a U2 song in the trailer, which was a little weird. <laughs> so it kind of took me out of it. And I was, was yeah. You know, but I don't know. I'm not the biggest U2 fan. Mm-hmm. But uh, Beautiful Day is still on my top 10 all-time favorite songs. Dude, yeah. I can listen to that song Classic. on repeat. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love that song so much. I've seen, like I told you off-screen, like I thought Sing was whatever, it's fine. The sequel, though, because they showed the trailer both times when I saw Fast and Furious, and I was like, all right, well, I mean, I guess I don't really need to waste my eight, one of my A-list tickets to watching this because I can just, you know, rewatch the trailer or re- just rewatch the trailer and I watch the movie. One part made me laugh out loud, though. And that was the very, very, very end with the old lady singing. And I don't know why. I just I, I chuckled a lot through that. I hate trailers, though, that are like really, really dark, serious, dramatic. And then yep. it's going gonna, gonna to be some fun family comedy. Don't, mm-hmm. don't fool us. Don't fool us. This is going to be some dark, serious. You know, this is, is going to be inside out. All right. We, I know exactly what this is going to be. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, trailers, whatever. You know, if yep. don't watch it. Don't watch it. Just like another trailer, Ben. Yes, and I actually have not watched it because I'm excited for this movie and I heard that it gives away a lot, but you have seen the trailer for Halloween Kills. Yes, yes. And actually, it's funny because they released the Shang-Chi trailer and then like 20 minutes later, they released the Halloween Kills trailer. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I'm sure that wasn't planned or anything, but it was yeah. just, it was a great thing for trailers. I was very surprised by that 2018 Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm not the biggest fan of the franchise as a whole. I think that's, you know, with Michael Myers, it's whatever. I much prefer like Friday the 13th uh, in terms of like slasher, thriller, horror movies, man. But mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed the 2018 movie. I like the trailer a lot. It gives away a lot, though. So don't watch it. Uh, and I just I just saw that it's going to premiere at Venice. Yeah. And they don't just select any movies at Venice. Oh, wait, they're premiering Fast 9 at Venice also. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Yeah. Damn. I <laughs> You know how the hell that happened, but whatever. That all being said, though, Ben, I'm looking forward to it. I know you had it in your top 10 most anticipated films for the rest of the year. Didn't mm-hmm. make my list. I, you know, I'm not the biggest horror guy in the world, but I've, it's grown on me from last from the 2010s. It's really grown on me. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be a good movie. It's going to be a good movie. And I'm sure someone else who's going to be on our podcast later is probably looking forward to it the most out of all of us. But, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, good. Solid trailer. I'm, Just goes away too much. I'm interested to see how Michael Myers comes back in this one. We will see. No word from Rod. Okay. <laughs> uh, the last trailer, this one I did watch. 
because I'm, I'm excited for the movie. This is The Many Saints of Newark. This is the prequel to The Sopranos TV show starring Michael Gandolfini, who's James Gandolfini's son. Uh, the trailer. Honestly, the trailer for me was okay. <laughs> um, uh, the cast is really good. And I think the, the acting and, you know, everything should should be good. Hopefully there's some good you know, action and stuff, but, uh, and it's from David Chase, the creator of the show, but yeah, it just kind of seemed like another gangster movie <laughs> a little bit to me, but I don't know. I, I'm really hoping it's good. And the, of course the, at the end of the trailer, you get that little snippet of the theme song, which I love. So that was, that was the cool best part one. of the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> what you know, you? we're, we're both big Sopranos fans. I, uh, you know, my mom got me to watch the Sopranos. I think it was like end of my middle school or early high school years. I started watching the Sopranos and I was like, holy crap, this show is amazing. Uh, it's still in my top 15 shows of all time. It's, if you guys haven't watched the Sopranos, watch the Sopranos. I mean, it's, please, it's tour the force. Don't really give a damn about the movie though, because HBO does not have a great track record of shows to the big screen. Now I liked I liked the Entourage movie, but that's because I loved the series Entourage. But they did do two Sex and the City movies, and they made a whole bunch of money. But critically, they were both just pans. But I think fans liked them, and I think that's what HBO's kind of. I don't think HBO's making these for the critics. I think they're making these for the hardcore fans. Yeah, uh, I just don't see the purpose because I, I we talked. About, I think we talked about this before, but I just I don't care about a, a movie about a prequel to The Sopranos. I'm not a big prequel guy in general. But I, I, I just don't see the point because we know what's going to happen to a lot of these characters. So I, I, if I want to see the rise, I mean, just do a like a half hour HBO Max special. I don't need a two hour movie, two hour plus movie because you're mm-hmm. right. But this looks exactly like every other gangster movie we've seen a thousand times before. Yeah, I don't think it'll hit the highlights of, of Goodfellas <laughs> or anything. But uh, yeah, no, no, I like uh, no, don't 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 insult Scorsese like that. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I was just just a as a comparison, I guess. But I, I like those gangster movies and that style, so I'll probably like it for that reason. But I don't know. I'm just well, I'm just October. hoping the hoping the writing and everything is still there. So. Oh, but you know what, Ben? The director has some great credits attached to his name, Alan Taylor. Yeah. You know what he directed? Yes. Oh, oh yeah, he directed Thor The Dark World and Terminator Genisys. Genisys. Yeah. yeah. But he did direct... Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget what it is, but give it to me. Uh, uh, he did direct Come some on. episodes of Sopranos, and he did direct yes. episodes of Game of Thrones. So, um, yeah. His TV credits, I can't deny... He's worked on a lot of great TV stuff. His movie stuff. Well, it'll be like a long TV show. Let's go with that. So it'll be really good. Anyway. That's why, yes. why, why this guy's my friend. So much optimism over there. Let's keep it going. Let's run through the news rapid fire. Uh, well, first of all, something kind of sad. Um, but uh, the, the next Indiana Jones movie will be called Indiana Jones and the Injured Shoulder because Harrison Ford has injured himself on set of That's Indy 5. Uh, yeah, but uh, thoughts thoughts go out to him. Hope hope for a quick recovery. Um, but the man is old, uh, getting up there, <laughs> and uh, I'm he injured himself on uh, Force Awakens too. I remember hearing about that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and guess what happened in Force Awakens? He died. Character, character, character died. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, maybe it's a pattern, Ben. 
maybe it's just a pattern because James Mangle likes to kill off his characters too. Okay, we don't need to bring that up every time, dude. Um, oh, I, I, I'm going to. I'm going to. Uh, but anyway, hope for a quick recovery for Mr. Ford. Uh, you were in our thoughts, Mr. Ford. You were in our yes. Thoughts. Toby McGuire is returning to the big screen. Spider! Oh! E- yeah. <laughs> maybe. We don't have, maybe. We don't have confirmation on that yet, but he is definitely going to be in Damien Chazelle's next movie, Babylon, which yes. Yes. We, we both love yes. Chazelle. And yes. we also like Olivia Wilde, Brad yes. Pitt, and Margot Robbie. Yeah. Ooh. So this is shaping up to be an incredible cast, and I, we're both really excited. I mean, first movie. of all, then, another guy on our podcast likes uh, likes uh, Margot Robbie more than I think you and I do. <laughs> on our podcast later. Yes. Olivia Wilde, my, my friend. Yeah, I will miss a little bit Olivia Wilde. Mm-hmm. Great actress and a great director. And a great yep. director. Yep. Excited for her new film as well. Uh, then you knew it was coming. Knives out too. We got some more cast members, and they have started filming in beautiful Greece. We have Jada Pinkett Smith. Mm. Uh huh. Uh huh. And Ethan Hawke. Yeah, buddy. Awesome. Awesome picks. I, I've lost count now of how many people we have. Um, but it, I mean, it's. Well, I'm leaving for Greece tomorrow. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, busboy number two. So Nice. Yes. Well, uh, eat a euro for me. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Quick shout out, Jeff. Jeff, what? Steven Spielberg and his Amblin Studios have a little deal with Netflix. I forget the details exactly, but um, yep. yeah, for, for getting their movies on there. I just thought yeah. it was a little weird because Spielberg was like denouncing Netflix and streaming uh, a year or two ago. Yeah. And... Well, then, you know, Netflix doesn't care about how much debt they're in. They just keep throwing out money to everybody. <laughs> sure, so yeah. they're like, you know what, Spielberg, you're one of the greatest directors in the world. Here's the house. Just yep. just make just make greatness. So mm-hmm. I, and Ben, tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's a little bit of hatred towards Mr. Spielberg on Filmstagram for some reason. I don't know what it is. I feel like he's yeah. not respected as, as much as he should be. I don't know about a outright hatred, but no, maybe, no, no, no. Uh... I feel like there's some animosity towards Spielberg because I feel like fan. I feel like maybe, maybe they just fans aren't as in love with his films. He's come out in the 2010s as yeah, films, and which is fine. But... I get that, you know, to each their own. I yeah. respect your opinions here, um, unless you hate Endgame, then get out. But you know, <laughs> still one of the greatest directors in the world, Ben. Still my favorite. So we'll see what uh, what becomes of that. And two more quick things. Jerry Seinfeld is making a movie about Pop-Tarts. Uh, I was really I, hoping you weren't going to put this in the damn <laughs> God, I, He hey, did it. He did it. He I, did love, it. <laughs> I love Seinfeld and I love Pop-Tarts. So this combo is great. I'll you know get I want, a box of Pop-Tarts to watch while watching the movie. We got to get our man Larry David in there. I want him in the, I want him in the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> little, little is, uh, pretty good pretty good pretty, pretty good, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, brown sugar cinnamon pretty good yeah or he's so, gonna do, what, what does he also do yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the new fruit loops flavor is meh. <laughs> but uh i don't know it was a it's a little movie from a joke from one of his stand-ups so <laughs> it could be it could be a nice little you know b movie funny thing that that becomes a a, a cult classic or could just um leave out the frosting and not be 
Good. That was a bad joke. Anyway, uh, the last bit of news here. You always talk about Dakota Johnson. I got to bring up Scarlett Johansson yet again. He is going to be in a Tower of Terror movie from, coming from, from Disney. Uh, the Ride, I like a lot. I remember writing as a kid. And uh, a little, little drop gets you. It's scary. It's now going to the galaxy. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. The I, I kind of got it mixed up at first with the Haunted Mansion movies. Uh, Eddie yeah. Murphy did, which I, I enjoyed that as a kid. So, but I feel like I, like, you know, I used to love that movie as a kid. Yeah. yeah, it was a great movie. Yeah. Then so, I grew up. But you know. <sighs> okay, but uh, we'll we'll see. <laughs> uh, there's Tower and there's Terror and there's Scarlett Johansson. So I'll be watching it. <laughs> you know, I, that's, that's the title for the movie. There's a Tower with Terror, <laughs> but there's Scarlet. So you know. Come, come see our movie. Mm-hmm. Now, this could be. I hope it's not another Tomorrowland situation. So, Ew. you know, let's yeah. just uh, fingers crossed there. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, but that will do it for the rundown, Ben. Yeah. That's it. I do want to say one quick thing. Um, we've got a shit ton of Marvel movies in production. Black Panther two, <laughs> Wakanda Forever, and Ant Man three are all shooting right now. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. The the mm-hmm. MCU is just. I mean, they are kicking the high gear, and. It, if you haven't watched episode four of Loki yet, oh, oh, oh you better do it soon. It's if you have been spoiled already. It's I've not been spoiled, and I'm watching it right after this. It's a great episode. Good, good. All right. Well, fans, enjoy the rest of this episode. And I'm sure it's going to be a good one. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Infinity Film Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ryder Gliptrot. Thank you for coming back to the world's greatest film podcast. As always, I never do these shows by myself. Benjamin Saunders, how are we doing today? Hey, hey, doing good, Rod. Glad to be back. And uh, today we've got a wheel. We've got a battle between factions, but we're going to obey the laws of physics. All right. Well, I give that a, you know what? Give it a seven. I'll give it a seven today. Okay. Not a, not an F9. That's okay. No, not an F9. <laughs> not today. I can't give it an F9. But that sounds, that sounds bad. That sounds, that sounds, dirty. That sounds dirty. Anyway, let's keep, let's keep going. Let's move on here. We've got another debated episode. This time, the hosts are competing. Yes, that's right. Ben and I are both competing. Mm -hmm. And we've got Judge Jacob, Mr. Jacob Beals, in-house today who came up with the questions. How you doing, Jacob? Oh, good. I'm excited. I can't wait for you guys to answer the questions. I'm curious to see all your answers, and it should be a lot of fun. Yes, yes. I'm excited. Jacob, you did a great, first of all, Shout out to Jacob for last minute accepting accepting the role of, of judge and coming up with these great questions. Uh, so very well done, Jacob. Well done. Well oh, done. thanks, Rod. <laughs> and who is going up against me and Ben today? Well, Ben, it's I, I think he had a quite a bit of a comeback from from our I guess our second our second or first I don't know what to call it our second debate episode. He was down early, made a furious comeback. Mm-hmm. against Jacob and, and Mac, and it made Mac never come back to the show, and Jacob's now a judge because Mr. Zachary Sells is in the building, and he still doesn't have his prize yet because Best Buy sucks. How you doing, Zach? <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, I wish I could see Godzilla for Sakong again, but I just have to wait right now. I will have to win <laughs> Best Buy and Alpharetta for uh, giving me the wrong copy, so thank you, Best Buy. <laughs> and you are definitely not a sponsor. I'm about to say not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm ready to debate against y'all two and uh, ready to make another comeback. You see, Ben, he was already talking shit this morning. I think it was la- <laughs> was it last night, Zach? You were talking shit. Yeah, it was it was yesterday. Zach and I were talking. He already was, he was already talking shit. I didn't say anything I wanted to though. 
but I can't I can't be playing mind games with Zach. Oh, just get ready. All I do is play mind games. Okay. Well, <laughs> well. Ben, we've got ourselves here a wheel just like last time uh, with six questions that Jacob has come up with, and uh, we're going to spin it and do nothing. You know, maybe maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe we won't. Sound I good? think I think we should, and each of us get about two minutes to talk about. Uh, does that sound good? Yeah, two, two and a half. I think two and a half. Two and, two and a half. half. All right. Yeah, two and a half minutes. Uh, since Zach won, Zach, you are going to go first, and then uh, Ben, since you won trivia with I, I get with uh, against you and I when we did our own separate trivia with uh, Benedict episode coming soon, you're going to go second, and I will go last. Oh, and by the way, Jacob, you it's okay if you give a point to more than one person we can have a, you know a tie for a debate or whatever okay this is this is you you are the judge judge jacob judge jacob you are in control now i i even though you can't spin the wheel but <laughs> <laughs> you know zoom's not that that not that advanced where you can control my computer but here we go our first question you know what jacob i'll let you read the question okay i can do that what TV series needs a movie adaptation or continuation? Hey, look at that. He even said it so excited. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Zach, you are up first, my friend. All Two right. It's around the clock. All right. Uh, there's a lot. I had to think about this one a lot. I don't watch TV that much, or I'm very bad at watching TV shows. But the one I'm very dedicated to that I think should end with the movie, with the budget, could be Netflix, can be an actual vehicle. Uh, theatrical release, but Stranger Things. Stranger Things would be a badass movie to watch in the theaters or again on Netflix. Um, because a lot there, it's, I always love every season, but there's always had like a few filler episodes or filler moments that really weren't like a highlight of the show. So if we cut a lot of those out, go for a straight feature length movie. I give it about maybe two hours, two hours and 30 minutes, like every other major blockbuster, but end it the series with the tv show and answer all the questions have like this big epic finale and then we'll see all the kids growing up they're probably being their 20s by that point and i'm gonna cry my eyes out and realize how old i am and then i uh it'd just be cool to see like the major like special effects be movie quality again they're already good enough but like the movie like high quality as it is the cinematography is gonna be great it's going to be cool what timeline they go with. They went with like a 90s, depending on how many seasons they go into. I'll say I give it about season five. And then after season five, I can see a movie, which will end it. So I'm going to say like the early 90s. Just seeing the fashion, the design, I think it would be a major box office hit because we don't really get those, like the Simpsons movie and stuff, the SpongeBob movie, where like a TV show ends with a movie or just has a big movie and I think Stranger Things would be like the perfect candidate to get like the younger generation back and then like the current fans. And just, I think it'd just be a big blockbuster hit. Nice. That's one of my favorite shows, Zach. All right, Benjamin, you're up. All right. 2.30 on the clock. So, you know, Rod and I are big uh, MCU fans and we like several of the TV shows as well. Age of the Shield, I like a lot. It had a really good ending, I thought, wrapped it all up. But one that did not get an ending was Agent Carter. Uh, I think we all love Haley Atwell. She's a great actress and really loved seeing her as Peggy Carter. And I was excited to see her show. She got two seasons, and I thought they were both really good. The second even better than the first, in my opinion. And it's it's cool how it harkens back to the old days, um, you know, 40s and, and 50s. And um, 
you get the Jarvis too, Edwin Jarvis, who appeared, you know, for a little bit in the end game. So that was a cool connection. So I feel like it's already kind of intertwined with the uh, MCU already. And yeah, so you get a, you know, a returning character if they, if they do the movie and kind of set it within the MCU and uh, get connections to other characters too. And I won't spoil anything for the show, but season two kind of ends in a, in a cliffhanger. Uh, we're kind of left, you know, open-ended. And I, we have not heard anything about a continuation or anything since. So I've been on the edge of my seat <laughs> since that second season came out and uh, wanted to see more. And yeah, it just really stinks that we don't have a, an ending to that arc. Um, and I'm, I really hope we do with a, a movie continuation. I think that'd be really cool. Plus, it would probably make a lot of money <laughs> as, uh, as most Marvel movies do. So that's my choice. Nice. I, I want I think she can definitely hold down her own movie and and she deserves something to some kind mm-hmm. of continuation and a movie would be a good way to do it. Yep. All right. So for myself, I had I was going back and forth between a couple and actually Agent Carter was one of my picks, Ben. I I had Agent Carter on my list. Oh wow. Uh, That's a really good pick, Ben, honestly. Yeah, it's a very good pick. Thank you. However, there is a show out there which I love that I have rewatched a lot of times, and it it its finale set it up perfectly for a movie. And it, it, the show has gained a massive cult following, and it, it's continuing to grow. And that show is Community. I need myself a Community movie to wrap up everything. Hashtag six seasons in a movie, because damn it, we deserve one, especially for the fans that have been there since the beginning. But it, I need a, a nice. R-rated 90-minute comedy with the original cast coming back. That's Joel McHale, that's Jillian Jacob, Danny Pudi, Yvette Nicole Brown, Allison Brie, Glover, Ken Jong, and bring back Chevy Chase. Why the hell not? I mean, it's kind of hard to after what happens in, I think it's season four it happened. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's kind of hard to bring his character back. But the cast has such great chemistry with one another, and it's been so long that these characters have been apart. That would be interesting to see them all come back, maybe for a reunion, maybe trying to save the school or one last mega paintball battle. If you've, if you're, if you've watched community, you probably know that the paintball episodes are some of the best episodes in the entire series. And uh, yeah, I think there's, there's a couple of loose, loose threads that could be tied up mainly between Mikhail and Allison Brie, because they've had this relationship go on really since season one. And they kind of let the dangle at the end of the at the finale. And it'd be great to see him come back. And hey, you know what? Maybe have the Russos come back. Maybe have the Russos come back and, and direct the movie because they did direct a couple of the episodes. And uh, may, hey, hell, maybe maybe have them come back. They've done comedy before. You know, you mean Dupree, you know, say what you will about that. I didn't mind it. You know, it's not the greatest comedy in the world, but it's it's not terrible. But yeah, community for me is one of these, one of these shows where I think a nice brisk 90-minute movie. To wrap up every to wrap up everything to tie up loose ends, I it, I I think it's the right way to go. So yeah, community's my pick. Oh, nice, Rod. That's one of my favorite shows too. I you guys have brought up a great character and a couple of my favorite shows of all time. Okay, so do I just choose? Well, you can take you can take your time. You know, you only okay. to choose like right now. <laughs> but okay. Yeah, take your time. Okay, this is a tough one because I like all three of these ideas, Isaac. I definitely totally agree. I think Stranger Things needs to go out with a bang. Uh, ben, I think Agent Carter, she deserves something. But honestly, if I'm an executive 
and I'm putting my money somewhere based on what I'm most excited to see, what I want to see most, it's got to be community because I, I, I always felt like there was something that that series needed a little bit more. They, they just needed something else to kind of close it off. And, and like Rod mentioned, there's that ongoing joke of six seasons of a movie throughout it. So I think I'm going to go with Rod for this one, but they were all really good answers. That was a tough one. <laughs> I also thought you were gonna give it to bed because I would have. I Agent Carter. I we need an Agent Carter movie. We 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 need yeah. Agent Carter. Oh, movie. I agree. I agree. Oh, all goodness. three of these. I if I had all the money in the world, I would make them. <laughs> Agent Carter one is interesting because they announced that they they could do more prequel movies like Black Widow. Mm-hmm. One question down, gentlemen. Five more to go. The next question is, uh-huh. what yes. is it, Jacob? What is the most underrated Adam Sandler film? All right. Well, Zach, go for it, my friend. You're up first. Well, before the show, me and Jacob were talking about that. And I think what he was thinking I was going to pick was going to be Hubie Halloween because I really enjoy that movie. Um, It's a great Halloween movie. And it's really it's not that great, but I really like it. But honestly, the most underrated, in my opinion, or like underappreciated, I would have to go with the Water Boy. The Water Boy is a straight classic. You know, it's just I grew up with that movie with my parents. They really like that movie. Um, I could quote a lot of lines from that movie, and it's just such a heartwarming film in the end. But also, it's very, it's just actually like pretty damn funny. There's some like witty jokes here and there. Um, I forgot the girl he falls in love with, but she I forgot that her the actress's name, but she's a good actress that she's from the Bach. There we go. Yeah, from the craft. Um, she's so good in the movie, and that was like her prime and stuff. And Adam Sandler at his prime, and I think that was probably like before, in my opinion, how people see it, like where his like comedy downfall or downfall kind of went. It was like it was Waterboy and like Mr. Deeds and stuff, where it's kind of teeter. But Waterboy was like one of his last like really really good ones that had a good story, good plot, good comedy, and it was just. A underdog story that worked out good and there's just some great gags great moments and i just have to go with the water boy for this one. Oh yeah absolutely i love the water boy zach like you said i was thinking it was hubie halloween but the water boy is a masterpiece i agree it's awesome it's a great football underdog story it really is then his sheets over there is like full of the sheets <laughs> it's so st- and that kids is why you don't do drugs but anyway. All right, Ben. Go ahead and go. <laughs> so I had one that jumped to mind, but then I thought that I feel like it is at least on Films of Grand talked about a lot. Um, so I went with uh, another hidden gem from the early days. I feel like when when you think of classic Sandler, um, maybe The Water Boy. I, I think uh, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore are the usually like the top two, I guess a lot of people go to for the, the older ones. And I think we need to throw Big Daddy into the mix. Uh, that is like the perfect trifecta there of, of the early Sandler. It is super funny, really quotable too. And it's, you know, it's it's a good character. It's, it's Sandler being, you know, not like outlandish, I guess, like uh, like Billy Madison or something, but it's it's kind of like a, a grounded movie. Um, with this this kid that shows up on his doorstep played by uh, Dylan and Cole Sprouse um, as, a, as a cute young kid who's funny and um, yeah it's it's a heartwarming story and it's it pulls at your heartstrings at the end um, there's a there's a court case uh, I won't go into depth in it but um, yeah 
And I, I remember watching it at uh, the lake with my neighbors and I had seen it before, but they hadn't. And uh, it was getting late. We found it on TV. I was like, oh yeah, this one's good. Well, you know, watch part of it. And then I was like, you know, I, it's getting late. I'm going to go to bed. And they're like, okay. So they stayed up and watched the rest of it. And they said that they cried at the end because it, it got to them that much. Um, and they're like, we can't believe we haven't seen this before. So yeah, I big daddy. I think if, if you're uh, like Sandler or like some of his other stuff, then you should definitely check out Big Daddy. And it is quite underrated. Oh, that's a good one, Ben. I wasn't even thinking about Big Daddy. But yes, Big Daddy is a great, like you said, a great heartwarming story. Uh, Zach and Cody are in it. Well, that's not their real <laughs> names. But, yeah. but you know, this the guys from The Sweet Life, they're in it. And then uh, what's that guy's name? The one who did The Daily Show. Uh, he's in it, too. Um, yeah, yeah, he's really yeah. good in it actually. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, it's a good performance. Like, I, I, I always forget, oh, yeah, he, he can act too when I see that yeah. movie. And <laughs> one thing I want to say about Big Daddy is <laughs> remember when McDonald's started doing all day <laughs> breakfast? Yes, like, there's this part in there where the kid doesn't, they don't get to breakfast in time, and you know, he's the kid crying. just gets so upset. And I'm thinking that scene wouldn't work if they would have said it a few years later. But you know, it's but it's such a good movie, really, really good. I still quote that when uh, there's a kid out in public throwing a tantrum or something, I'm like, get this kid a happy meal. Uh, yeah, a lot of good quotes there. All right, Rob. I was just that, that movie told me how to eat pizza properly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> how to fold it. Yep. <laughs> All right, so while you guys went the comedy route, I went the more dramatic route because I think Adam Sandler is probably one of the best, you know, guys who's done comedy and also drama at the same time. I, I, I think he's, I just think he kills it. You know, you think about Punch Truck Love or it, most recently Uncut Gems, and then it came down to, to 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 two, and that was either Funny People or Rain Over Me, and I had to go with Rain Over Me. That movie. First of all, I remember picking this up at a blockbuster when blockbuster was still around. And I was like, oh, this looks like a fun little fun little comedy. Look at him and Don Cheadle. This should be fun. Yeah, I, I was crying within like the first 20 minutes. Uh, this is this is not a comedy at all. Even though there's comedy elements in it, it it's it this is a straight up drama. And I think this is one of Adam Sandler's probably five best performances, in my opinion, of his career he's given. Plays a heartbroken man who lost his family in 9-11 attacks. And I, I kind of like how they don't really reference the 9-11. Like, they don't really say 9-11. They kind of they mention airplane crash. But it's this connection he has with, with Don Cheadle. Who, and Don Cheadle plays his college roommate. Adam Sandler's character, he goes through a significant, like, really, really bad PTSD to the point where he's not talking to anybody. I mean, he's, he's, just, he's become a shell of himself and a loner. Used to be a doctor. I mean, and to see those two, him and Sheetle, come together and form this really, really lovely bonded friendship together is it's it's the heart of the movie. And you know, I don't think you know when you think of Adam Sandler, you go to comedy. I, his, his dramatic his performance in this is really just just so strong, and his chemistry with Cheadle, but not only Cheadle, his scenes with Liv Tyler, who plays uh, his therapist later on in the film, is is well done. And there's a scene in the courtroom from a guy from the office, BJ Novak, who it's one of the most despicable scenes you'll see in any movie. And the way he handles that scene, his breakdown, it's just really, really well acted. You know, he's very calm and cool. Like he keeps it to himself. But when he has his angry outbursts, it's timed so perfectly. So yeah, Rain Over Me to me is it's, it's one of my favorite dramas uh, from Sandler. I actually, honestly, unpopular opinion, I probably like it more than Punch Drunk Love, but not as much as Uncut Gems. 
it's just it just really showcases how Sandler can really pull off his dramatic chops. So for me, it's Rain Over Me. Rod, I've actually never seen Rain Over Me, but you convinced me to go watch it. I'm going to do that tonight after Loki. It, it sounds amazing. And I've always heard it's really good. Um, and it's one of those movies that, like when it came out years ago, and you never heard anything about it. But I feel like now people are kind of going back to it and appreciating it more. You know, yeah. so I, I'm glad to hear that. I'll, I'll, that's one I'll definitely have to check out soon. Well, it's decision time, Jacob. Is it Zach, Ben, or, or, or myself? Well, I think for this round, I'm going to go with Ben because I agree. Big Daddy needs to be talked about more and it needs to be in that trifecta of Adam Sandler films because that was the first Adam Sandler movie I actually ever saw as like a kid. Um, and I, I, it was the movie that introduced me to Adam Sandler and it, it did a good job because I'm still watching his movies today. All right. So I let's go ahead and spin the wheel again, Jacob. We are now tied up. Uh, myself and Ben both have a point, but don't count Zach out yet. All right, four more to go, gentlemen. Four more to go. Where is the spinner going to next? And we are talking about... What character from the Marvel Netflix shows deserves to be in the MCU? Now, on three, we're all going to say Daredevil. One, two, three, Daredevil. All right. <laughs> Discussion's over. But Zach, go ahead. This one, Okay. So I was going to go with the basic answer as Daredevil, but I really do think he's coming back for No Way Home. So I went with something a little bit different. I went with Punisher. Because when you think of Netflix, <laughs> that's Iraq. <I> got. <laughs> I guess that was his pick. When, um, when you think of like the Defenders and like the Netflix shows, you think of like Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Daredevil, Jessica Jones. But then Punisher had his own separate thing going, introduced in Daredevil season two. And John Barthol just he just nailed this role. This is like he was born to be the Punisher. And I just think there's a lot of misconceptions of who the Punisher is and who he is as a person. And while the show really touch upon that, touch upon like heavy themes, the PTSD and various things. I think that a movie, even though we got a couple back in the day that weren't that great. I think an actual like MCU bringing their first R-rated MCU movie, you have to do with the Punisher. It has to be gory, it has to be violent, and it has to be just heartbreaking to get to the core of what makes the Punisher who he is and why he's like Daredevil to a point and ideology, but the like, but just a whole different take on it. And I just his ideology is just so compelling to me. And whenever I like watched in season two or read a couple comics i was always just captivated by his ideology and just how he handles his situations one of the best scenes to me in daredevil season two it's not really big it's just a small scene where john burstall he goes to a gun shop to get a gun or like a poncho to get a gun the guy was like do you want some nasty really disgusting stuff and john burstall's like he, he, he's walking away as he does it, and he turns around, locks the door, and just kills the dude, and just shows that, yeah, the Punisher has, like, no limits. He will get the, he will do something like that for those people that are pretty damn shitty, and I think with the whole MCU and the whole killing, like, the Batman, or not that, but, like, you know, just the whole ideology of, like, not killing your villains and stuff, we need, a, like, an anti-hero like Punisher that really drives that narrative home. Oh, that's a great pick, Zach. 
the Punisher, you're right. He's too good to not be in the MCU. And John Bernthal was amazing. And one of my least favorite parts of that whole Netflix deal falling apart was that we weren't going to get to, well, we don't know. It might happen, but we weren't going to get to see John Bernthal as Punisher anymore. And it was such a bummer. So I would love to see him come back again. Same here. He was, he's the only person that could probably play Punisher. I, I agree. And I'm, I think I'm weird. Cause I actually, I like that Thomas Jane movie from a few years ago, but then the series was on another level with John it, Bernthal. It was so good. Both seasons. Exactly. And I think just that's the first rated R MCU product. It would have to be the Punisher. I, I think that would be a great route. We'll call Kevin Feige after we get done. I don't know, Jacob, you're, you're, you're on the, on the, but, um, on a path to Sue Disney, so I don't know if Kevin Feige is going to be taking your calls anytime soon. That's true. He might be kind of upset. <laughs> he might be. He might be. But all right, Ben, you're up. So I thought about the obvious Daredevil as well, um, but then I wanted to go with someone different. And I wrote down some names, and then I'm going to pivot right now <laughs> and go uh, with with Kingpin because I think if Daredevil's coming back. If, you know, uh, if we get Charlie Cox back, then I think um, it would be a big disservice not to have uh, Vincent D'Onofrio come back as, as Kingpin, um, you know, if we're, if we're making that MC, or that Netflix show canon in the MCU. Talking about Bernthal being perfect for Pun- Punisher, I think D'Onofrio was perfect for Kingpin also um, for the live action version of him, uh, just with the how menacing he was, plus... Um, you know, uh, you get all the dramatizations from his backstory and everything. And uh, yeah, it's just such a, such a good character. And then having Vincent come in and play him was, was a really smart move. Um, and of course he kept coming back in the Netflix show too. <laughs> um, so yeah, to have him show up in a movie, even if it was maybe like a smaller role too, would be cool. But uh, I know he's a big Spider-Man villain as well. So maybe in a future Spider-Man movie. Um, even if we don't get Daredevil back, then maybe uh, he could he could show up as a as a villain down the road. So he's he's my choice. Awesome, Ben. That's another good choice because you're right, Vincent D'Onofrio. He nailed it as that role. And for a long time, Kingpin was actually my favorite. What that you know, there was that point where the Netflix shows they they were kind of a part of the MCU, but they kind of weren't at the same time. Uh, but I kind of considered them a part of it. He uh, he was my favorite villain in the MCU at one point, you know, until we got to like Thanos and some of these other ones we're getting now because he's just so well developed. And he's just Vincent D'Onofrio just steals every scene he's in. And oh, I hope we get to see him again. And yeah, Vincent has got to come back. They can't. That'd be a missed opportunity. I feel like he's just so good. And a Spider-Man movie might be the perfect way to do it. We'll see. All right. So I like Zach. I, you know, Daredevil's an easy pick. And but I, I, I do agree with Zach then in the sense that uh Kingpin's come or not Kingpin, uh Matt Murdoch's coming back for, for No Way Home. I, I that I do believe. I want to bring back some culture. So I want to bring back Luke Cage. I think Luke, I think the character of Luke Cage was after his first season, that second season was terrible. And it wasn't because of Luke Cage himself. It just the season as a whole just didn't look, live up to how great that first season, really the first half of that first season was. And I'm not even going to get into all the superhero heroics or anything. I would like to see a Ryan Coogler directed Luke Cage movie. Seeing how well Ryan Coogler was able to bring the culture and mythology to and Black Panther with Wakanda and everything, I feel like bringing that culture 
into Harlem. He oh, like I I can't think of a African American director who could do better. Maybe Steve McQueen, but I think Ryan Coogler would do such a great job at handling that. And I think Mike Coulter doesn't get enough credit for what he did as Luke Cage. That man has some serious charisma, especially his scenes with Rosario Dawson and, and Jessica Jones, especially. He's the man's presence on screen was definitely felt. Uh, I this could just be a great character piece and a great character entry for the MCU. And I know we can't really bring back Mahershala Lee's cotton mouth because now he's going to be blade. But if, if Mahershala wasn't playing blade, I would say, Hey, f- figure out a way to bring cotton mouth back because he's probably the other than Kingpin, probably the best villain the ne- the Marvel Netflix shows had. That's kind of what my one thing with the, with the Netflix shows, their villain inconsistencies. But I thought Mahershala Ali's interpretation of Cottonmouth was really, really strong. So if he wasn't playing Blade, I would bring him back again to be a, to be a good uh, a menace for, for Luke Cage. So, yeah, I, I just think just the world of Harlem incorporating that into the MCU. And you can bring some other New York characters that live in, you know, in the MCU. Uh, hell, maybe bring in some Wakandans every once in a while. You know, to bring the, maybe they can bring the Wakandan tech to Harlem. Who knows? But I, I think uh, I think Luke Cage, definitely the character, uh, deserves to be in the MCU. Awesome, Rod. That, I agree. Luke Cage is amazing too. I mean, I, that first season was great. I, I loved him ever since they introduced. I think he got introduced in Jessica Jones, Correct. if I remember right. Yep. And uh, like I said, I can't. The actor he does such a good job, and it's kind of another one of thing, one of those things where I think it would be weird if they they recast him. You know, he did. I liked him a lot. You know. And I, and I, I look like you say, I, I loved Cottonmouth as a villain too. And it is kind of funny now that they can't, they can't do that. They're kind of in a weird predicament, yeah. but, uh, but Ryan Coogler, that would be an amazing, he, everything he's done so far has been so good and why not? I mean, if he wants to stay in Marvel, I say, let him do that one too. I think he could bring a lot to Luke Cage. All right, Jacob decision time, my friend. Okay, well, you guys all gave three great answers. I think they all need to be in the MCU with their same actors, in my opinion. But the one that got me the most was Zach. I Punisher, he 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 needs to be here. He 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 needs it. He deserves it. He's such a great character. And hopefully one day we get to see all of them. Uh maybe even together. But but we'll see. You know, but but you know, in the same universe. They they all need it. Thank you, Jacob. Yeah. Zach is on the board, and we have a three-way tie, my my friends. And for you, uh, for those at home, all tied up at one apiece with three more questions to go. Three more questions to go. Who's taking home the gold? Can Zach repeat? Next question. Ah, oh, another MCU question. Oh yeah, going back to back with Marvel. Out of the MCU characters that have either passed away or retired in our current timeline, which one has the most right to come back? And why? I'm just gonna be honest that before you go, Jacob. I hated this question so much. <laughs> oh, sorry, Rod. Because <laughs> no, it was hard. It was, it, Jacob. This was seriously really hard. <laughs> it's like picking kids, isn't it? I, I don't have any kids, so I well, can't. I can't comment on that. Jacob. I think I, I, I don't either. But I, I imagine it's this tough. <laughs> oh no! I think my love for the MCU is more than if I ever had kids. So. <laughs> Well, I hope all our future wives never hear this conversation. (laughs) All right, Zach, go ahead. (laughs) So my pick is from Ant-Man, Anthony. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Nice. I'm just kidding. No. Justice uh, for Anthony. Exactly. Um, The pick I did was um, for Ultron. 
uh, Ultron was just he he was really good in the movie. Um, that's like my biggest praise for the movie. But there's just there was just something missing with him. James Spader as Ultron was so badass, so charismatic. I mean, he's the son of Tony Stark, and for him, I don't see him ever really dying. He just with like how technology is, I could always see him coming back in one way or another, and I could just totally see him just kind of like being not the next big threat, but being like a background villain throughout the MCU. I could see him just always terrorizing or like poking the bear at this new group of Avengers and helping out like whoever the next big villainage, which could be Modoc, it could be um who is who's the uh, Galactus Galactus, um whoever it could be, I could see him helping them him, them out the most and kind of be like more of a henchman but for Earth and hacking into stuff. And especially if they go over the route of time travel with the quantum rail for Ant-Man, I just see him like just messing everything up. And I just, I just want James Spader back as this, since Tony Stark is how he is or spoiler for Endgame, I'm pretty sure everybody knows he's gone. So with how he is, there what? we need that. What? I'm sorry, what? Right? Spoiler. God damn no. <laughs> um, I just think we need that snarky persona, some like a snarky persona in the MCU again. Brie Larson kind of is that, but no one could be like Tony Stark. And James Spader is pretty damn close to a Tony Stark, which is just a villainous way. He's so great. And um, but yeah, Ultron, that's my pick. Oh, that's a great one, Zach. Because I mean, Ultron. I think a lot of people wanted him to come back. I mean, I mean, even with like WandaVision, there were all those like te- people, everybody thought he was going to come back in WandaVision, I remember. And I think it's because so many people want to see him again. And, you know, with a lot of villains, when they like die and they come back, it kind of gets old and you're kind of like, oh, how, do, how is that possible? You know, th- 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 there's no way they could have survived. But with Ultron, he's like a computer. I mean, why not? It would make a lot of sense, you know. I like th- there's probably a pretty good chance when uh, what happens at the end of Age of Ultron happens, uh, you know, he he somehow got away. You know, he could have just went in the air. Like, why not? <laughs> so yeah, I I would love to see Ultron return. He's in the iCloud. Exactly. <laughs> and Zach, just to, just to correct you, there will never ever be anyone else like Tony Stark. Go ahead, Beth. Uh Good pick, Zach. Uh, I went through several people. First of all, uh, for people to pass away, I I want them to stay dead in the MCU because we've had too many times where people have come back, Loki and Nick Fury looking at you. But for people who have retired, uh, I know Hawkeye is getting his own show, but I was thinking about Hulk. And I know he's performing uh, or or coming up in in the She-Hulk but I think the way they left his character in Endgame as Professor Hulk is, is pretty interesting. Um, they could do a lot with that. And really, I think Mark Ruffalo should have his own movie. Um, <laughs> because looking back, the, the uh, Rhodes, Rhodey recast is a little strange, but we've gotten used to it. And I love Dom Cheadle. Um, just like I love Mark Ruffalo in the role too, but it's always kind of weird looking back and being like, Oh yeah, incredible Hulk got a totally different actor. Um, and you know, Thunderbolt Ross is kind of showing up here and there. Uh, so there's some weird kind of connections to it, but I don't know if we, if we had a whole movie with Hulk and they did it really well, <laughs> I like the incredible Hulk. Okay. I like Edward Norton, but, um, just a, a full on movie with uh, professor Hulk, or maybe he's starting to, you know, turn to the, 
the bad angry side again, uh, Microflow, which I think he pulled that off well too. Um, and of course the CGI is here. You could, you could totally see his face. Um, it's, it's gotten good every time. And maybe even if he goes on a full rampage, we could get a really emotional movie where he just loses it and maybe kills an important character in the MCU. Um, I know we're getting darker and, and kind of more out there with these phase four movies. So I don't know if that could be something that, that could come up. And um, I don't know too much about Hulk in the comics um, storyline wise, but yeah, I think, I think it'd be interesting to see more of him and, and give Mark Ruffalo his own starring movie. Oh, that's an awesome idea, Ben. I mean, I, 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 I always kind of got the vibe, even though he, he is retired, you could still do more with him. I mean, Hulk is so important. He's so uh, such a big part. I mean, literally, he's such a big part of the, the the characters. You know, he stands out, and it's weird to think of the Avengers and not see a big green dot with them. You know, it'd just be weird. It'd be strange. And yeah. you got to have a Hulk. He's so iconic. It's like not having a drummer in a band. I feel like you know, it's 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 just like there's something missing. And Thunderbolt Ross is probably still mad at him, like you said. There's, I, I could definitely see it. I hope we do. And Mark Ruffalo, I think, really likes playing Hulk, so I, I think he'll be back. I hope, I hope he is. Yeah. All right. So Jacob, I was going to one of these guys who was, I was just going to bet W down and said, bring no one back, because I think everyone, for the most part, has kind of had fitting ends to their arcs. But then I thought I, I, I came down to two characters for me. One of them was going to be from Falcon Winter Soldier. It was going to spoilers Falcon Winter Soldier, but Carly dies, and I, I, she had no justice for her character at all. I, I think they, they could have fleshed her character out more. But I got to tell you, as I, I love Infinity War. It's my second favorite movie of all time. I really don't have any complaints. But man, Ebony Maw made such an impression on me. We got to bring that guy back. We need to bring back Ebony Maw, the highlight of the Black Order. Uh, he was pretty much Thanos' right hand man. Even though they were, they, even though they were all kind of, you know, his henchmen, he was really the one that Thanos trusted the most. And uh, Tom von Lauer did such a great job of just his his proclamations, you know, just the "Hear me and rejoice," you know. And I, I, I loved. I, I just we didn't get enough screen time with him. We didn't get enough. We didn't get. We really didn't get enough of. I don't need backstory, but just more of him being a threat. And I get it because the movie's packed with 55,000 characters. But other than Thanos, I thought of the Black Order, he stood out the most. And just his proclamations, I would love to see him come back in maybe another Avengers movie, maybe to sort of get revenge for whatever, for you know, for having his master being killed. Whatever the case is, I, you know, I, whatever the course they go with, with, with the Avengers 5. They're not going to go that route, but I would like to see Ebony Ma maybe pop up in there or maybe, hell, Multiverse of Madness. If he shows up for like 10 minutes and Doc, him and Doctor Strange have sort of a, a tussle that they battle it out because he, he was the one to capture Doctor Strange. So uh, maybe it'd be cool to get a little revenge fight in there. But yeah, for me, it's Ebony Ma. Just he made such an impression in the short, short amount of screen time he had. I think it'd be really cool to bring him back. All right. I mean, like you were saying, he's not in the movies much, but he makes such a big impression that short amount of time you hate him, you know, like I remember, uh, you know, just the stuff he says, you're just like, this guy's a jerk. He's like the worst. And oh, it'd be cool if he came back because he was evil. He was not a good guy at all. And yeah, you know, you want to see him get punched in the face. He's that kind of villain. So he's, he's, he's just so calm and cool too. Just so calm and collective. Just Yeah, he just, was. Mm -hmm. All right, Jacob. 
Well, guys, I think I've got my first tie for this one, if that's okay. Uh, that's okay with me. Okay, I'm going to go with Zach and Ben, because I agree with both of them, and they just, I, I just, I don't know, I can't choose. Well, all right, then. All three characters, I think, should come back in some way. They got to. Let's see here. One point for Ben and one point for Zach. We got two more questions left, right? Two more questions? Yep. All yep. right, let's get it going. Let's spin that wheel again. And the question is. Okay. We talk a lot about live action directors, but when it comes to directors in animation, who do you think has the best track record and why? I, I'm sorry, guys. When I was growing up in school, I always hated the and why questions. And I have a bunch of them. There. <laughs> They're always the worst. It's like, no, I just want to put a one word answer down. But, you know. All right, Zach. Go for it, man. Well, I think I just need to say one name. And that is Brad Bird. I probably, I probably took one of y'all picks. You, 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 ooh, you rat bastard. Brad, I'm sorry, I went first. Um, Brad Bird is just okay. So this is gonna be a minute. So Brad Bird created so many just classic movies. He started out with Iron Iron Giant. Obviously, Iron Giant is just a classic anime movie. It will kill you every time you watch it. It just make you cry. I've seen it a long time, but that's that's one of the main reasons because I do not want to cry sometimes, and that one's just so heartbreaking. And then he made probably one of the best superhero movies of all time, and The Incredibles. The Incredibles and The Incredibles Two. It's a great duology. Um, both just a love letter to comic books and like superheroes and like that era of like like the Supermans and like the Batmans and like the pal cow, like all this type of stuff. And just that, those movies are just so incredible. So he made that like right after it. And then he just drops a banger in Ratatouille. Like I don't know where it makes Ratatouille and just so damn good. He, um, I recently rewatched it. I remember growing up, I never cared for it. I saw it in theaters. I was like, eh, it's okay. I just think I was just maybe too young to like understand the heavier themes so watching it now, I just fell in love with it. It is such a beautiful movie. And that's probably his masterpiece, in my opinion, because it's just such a heartwarming and adult movie before they even did like movies like Soul he, um, and Pixar. It's just like finding your love and passion and never letting anyone stop you, no matter how, what, who you are, basically. And it's such a beautiful movie, such a beautiful, like, Tale animated is beautiful. His the way he films the action scenes and keeps you engaged. And I know I just touch upon it, but he made Incredibles two right after. I think he did. I don't know if he didn't made another anime movie after Ratatouille before Incredibles two because I know he did both Ghost Protocol for Mission Impossible. That was one of his live actions. But then he did Incredibles two, and like that is just one of the funnest Pixar movies to me because it's just straight action and Elastigirl is amazing in that. Um, the animation is beautiful, and he just knows how to pace a movie so perfectly, even when an anime movie is nearly two hours. And Brad Bird is a legend, in my opinion. He's a legend in Pixar, legend in, animated, in animation, and um, I can't wait to see if he ever does like a new original movie for Pixar or his own animated-wise. Oh, Zach, Brad Bird's the man. I agree. He's awesome. Um, Iron Giant's one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, I've rewatched it so many times. Incredibles, Incredibles 2 are classics. I love them both. And Ratatouille is, is so good. 
I, I I've watched all of his movies like a ton. Like he's probably one of my re- most rewatched directors, like just in general, actually, which is is kind of weird to think about. But he's he's one of the best to do it when it comes to animation. And even with Ghost Protocol, he did a really good job. I now I did not like his other one, Tomorrowland. I thought that was a weird movie. I I didn't get that one. But everything else he's done is great. You know. <laughs> I forgot about Tomorrowland. Um, I'm not gonna talk about that one, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not animated. That's fine. Yeah. So for me, uh, let's go back to the the time of of Seinfeld and and Friends. It's the '90s, and who's coming up? It's John Lasseter with the early early Pixar films. Talk about a track record. Toy Story amazing achievement in, in animation and uh still holds up today is a great story then a bug's life which i kind of think is an underrated pixar i uh, listened to our episode from last week great story there great cast and uh and, and and really good and then we have one of the best animated films of all time toy story 2 right on the heels that was discussed about it becoming a uh, direct-to-video sequel but then I think they, uh, you know, kept working on it, and and Lasseter was like, "No, this, there's something good here," and I'm so glad he made that decision, um, or at least was part of the decision to to make it into theaters. And it's one of the best movies ever, in my opinion. And then Jacob, I know you're a big fan of Cars. He directed the first Cars as well, uh, 2006, I believe. Yeah, but that was, that was another really good uh animation there step up and the the cast and everything um so yeah i think the a lot of pixar a lot of these early hits uh rely on on john lasser and of course he was the one that was there to start it all with the first three movies um that, that came from pixar so he is he is my choice oh ben great choice john lasser i mean he did you know, I mean, he's kind of one of the founding pillars of Pixar in a way, you know, I mean, he, it, without that, toy, like you said, Toy Story and the whole story of Toy Story 2, if you ever get a chance to watch the documentary, the Pixar story, it's fascinating. That movie is like a miracle, like that it's as, as uh, the masterpiece that it is, like the road to get to it is, is just fascinating. And, and, and I love that John Laster puts a lot of like of himself into his movies, you know, with like Toy Story. He's a big toy guy. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing on like the Pixar bonus features, his office was so cool because he had like all the Toy Story toys and classic toys. And then with Cars, even though it's not everybody's favorite Pixar movie, I'm kind of biased, but he put a lot of himself into it when it comes to like um, Route 66 and the, the heart of the, the car story and and. You know, you can say what we want about the first and second one. He did what he wanted with those movies, and he kind of did his own thing. Then later on, he's kind of the reason Disney got back on their feet with their animation department. I think with Tangled and things like that. He was, I know, I think he was just a producer behind the scenes, but he kind of helped them get get back to where they are. And um, but yeah, he's he's done some great things. I know he's he's gotten some bad stuffs happened recently with them, which kind of yeah. that doesn't yeah, have to do with his. And- his movies but it's just he is an, an amazing director and and like i say a pillar of pixar i really agree pillar of pixar I like that yeah it's it's a couple peas in there yeah all right so it looks like all three of us are choosing pixar directors and well you know zach i was ready for that because i had a feeling it's like someone's going to choose brad bird and i had a feeling it was going to be you i had a feeling it was going to be you i thought maybe you would have went the Coraline director route also because i know you like Coraline. 
But I was ready for that. I thought about him, but I didn't know stop motion count. Yeah, and animation, whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's all the same. So it came down to me between two guys, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who did such a wonderful job with the Lego movie. But I think I'm going to go with the director who probably has the best track record with Pixar right now, and that's Pete Docter. Pete Docter in each, all four of his films have made me cry like a damn child. Let's go first with Monsters, Inc. Made me care about some monsters and the relationship between a monster and a little girl. Shouldn't, shouldn't work. Shouldn't happen at all. But it did. Uh, the relationship between Sully and Boo is still one of the best relationships you'll probably see in any Pixar film. Beautifully well handled, and the end that ending shot is probably the be- one of the best, and en- not the be- not the best ending shot, but one of the best ending shots in the Pixar film, uh, or really like the last couple of seconds. Really, it's just really heartwarming, and it really gets you in the feels within the last I don't know 10, 15 minutes, like most Pixar films do, except for Cars three and two and Brave. But anyway, we move on because then about eight years later, he came back and gave us one of the greatest prologues of all time and up barely a word of dialogue. It's basically a silent movie for the first 10 minutes. And it's a beautiful portrait of a of a of a of a, of a just a beautiful portrait of a love story just a, between a, a man, a guy and a girl who met who both had kind of the same dreams and aspirations and it ends in heartbreak. And, you know, seeing that I was probably about 12 or 13 years old. I cried like a little wimp in the theater. It got to me. It got to me. Thankfully, my mom was there. She was crying, too. My sister cried, too. It, You know, it, it really tucks the heartstrings. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of the movie like you are, Jacob. I know you got a soft spot for Up. It is. It's it's a fun adventure movie. I, I don't have any negative quarrels worth it. But, Jacob, remember how I said this this movie brings in one of the greatest last uh, Pixar has one of the best last shots in any movie. I think it's Up. I think it's probably Up with that shot of the house on the on the waterfall. That kind of sums up beautifully just the whole point of up, really, because at that point he didn't care. What's beautiful about it is that at that point he didn't care about the house anymore. He kind of found his new family with Russell and all 500 of those damn dogs. But it was a beautiful last shot of just the house on the waterfall, which was what his and Ellie's goal was uh, to do. Then we go to Inside Out, which is just a heartbreak, which is hilarious, beautifully animated, but emotionally devastating as well. Uh, great voice cast uh, and a great, con- great deep concept that works tremendously. It shouldn't work, but it's one of the more Pixar's most mature films with another devastating ending, giving us one of the great, best Pixar side characters at Big Bog. And then lastly, his most recent film, Soul, which is just beautiful, bringing in the world of jazz uh, to Pixar. Really, really well done. Uh, Another film that's in my top ten Pixar films of all time. It's I, I think it, I think that Inside Out are two of the greatest animated films of all time, just because of its subject matter. Uh, Jimmy Fox's wonderful wonderful performance, the way it was animated, and I always go back to that scene with him and his mom uh, about halfway through the movie. It just always always tugs at my heartstrings about just you know what you want to do in life. Uh, yeah, so each movie kind of has a nice little message, and I think Pete Doctor always finds a way to just tug at those heartstrings, and he's I I. He's four for four with his films, in my opinion. All right, Pete Doctor, he's amazing. I remember when I, you know, how Ben was saying we, we were talking, we were kind of saying how John Lasseter was kind of the first face of Pixar. I think after Lasseter kind of moved on to Disney, I think Pete Doctor kind of became the next face of Pixar. You know, um, I've always kind of thought that about him because 
really honestly, he probably does have the best track record at Pixar. And, and that's saying against like Brad Bird and, and John Laster, because they're both fantastic directors. But I, I mean, Pete Doctor, every time I think he's just nailed it out of the park and he's he, he's got Academy Awards, too, to back it up, which is really cool. Not that the other guys don't. They have Oscars, too, which, which is amazing. It's like if you go work for Pixar, you can go get an Oscar. It's awesome. But, but I mean, you got to have talent, too. But yeah, oh man, all three of these directors are so good. They're they're and they're all at Pixar. It, it's kind of amazing how that place got so many wonderful minds and creative minds together. It's it's kind of like a lightning in the bottle type situation. I don't know how they did it, but I think I got to go with Pete Doctor as the one or Rod as the winner for this, just because I think he brought up some good points about how Pete Doctor every time he's just he's just a master at. at uh, maybe some people think it's emotional manipulation, but I don't think so. I think he's made. Just just made beautiful movies that have led us to, uh, you know, amazing emotions that he's just done such a good job. He, he's a doctor of animation. His last name speaks for it. All right. So I'm going to put up the scoreboard here and what do you know? Our last question and we're going to have, and we're at a three-way tie here. This is so going to be awesome. And it's another Pixar question too. That's coming up. So, I mean, just, uh, this is, this is oh. fantastic. <laughs> we're all tied up at two apiece. What's up, Zach? I was. I just wanted to make a shout out to. Uh, I just recently started watching Studio Ghibli films, but Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah. Just a king of animation, just from yeah. the two films I've watched, and I was gonna pick him, but I needed to watch more, obviously. But man, just his track record is just phenomenal outside of Pixar. You know. I'm sure, if we had another cinephile on here, he probably would have. Cho- they probably would have chosen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> same. Same with me. I need to watch more from him, but uh, I think yeah, really good animation. But it's beautiful. Okay. I thought, yeah, I thought someone else would pick him, honestly, also, but good, good shout out. Thanks, Zach. All right. So just, just, just for shits and giggles, let's just go ahead and spin this damn wheel, even though we're on the last question, unless we end in the True. tie and Jacob's got True. some backup questions. That's the last question, Listeners Jacob. love that. Which Pixar movie that hasn't got a sequel yet most deserves one? This is an interesting question. This is, this is interesting because I think we all kind of got the sequel we wanted a couple of years ago with Incredibles. Mm-hmm. So now it's I. It, this was another tough one, Jacob. Not as tough as the MCU question, but this was another tough one. But well, it's I, like, I, where I got, do we go from here with Pixar? Mm-hmm. But I got I, I narrowed it down to two movies. But before I go, Zach and Ben have to go. So Zach, go ahead. See this again, like you were saying, Rob. This was a hard one to pick. Um, I got in all the sequels I needed. I was gonna pick Monsters Inc., but we're getting a sequel TV show, so I'm really excited for that with Monsters at Work. So. That would probably be my number one pick if I could. But out of all the movies I was thinking, one was a little bit too recent. So I'm not going to pick it, but I'm going to go back to Brad Bird for Ratatouille. Brad, I just want to see how Remy is doing with his restaurant, how um, how everything's going on with him. Um, I forgot the lead character's name, the, the guy he controls. Um, I forgot his name. Linguini. There we go, Linguini. I thought I was going to say Linguini. I just didn't want to be wrong on that um but i just want to see how they are how like everything's going on and i would like just to see maybe his story they don't find out he's a rat still but they something happens where the business goes under and they have to find a new way to start up a new restaurant or just find a passion of like the digital age you know the modern age of restaurants and fast food and like places like gentrified plate like a chipotle you know and like just places like that how they have to compete 
with like authentic and like authentic authentic food and just the rise and like just how Yelp reviews are and just how everything is nowadays. I think it'd be a great modern sequel. Animation would be beautiful. Get Brad Bird back, definitely. Uh, get Patton Oswalt back as Remy, you have to. Um, I just think this would be a long overdue sequel that would probably fit better now that now that we're all grown up and appreciate Rad 2 what it is now. I think that having it again in the modern age and with smartphones and just everything, how reviews are nowadays, um, I just think it would be a great segue into like more challenges and just more gags and jokes and stuff. And I just think Rad 2 would just be a cool sequel. Too fast, too rad, too. I guess. Too rad, too rad, too. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Zach, they gotta call it Ratatouille and have a. Big oh yeah, movie. I forgot that. They, they gotta go. do That's that. What people say, yeah, Ratatouille. And then the Remy can be on the post drink, do the peace sign. It'd be awesome. But I, I never thought it. You brought up a lot of good ideas, like just the moving uh, restaurant industry. They could do a lot of things. I never thought about that before. So I, and then maybe Gusto could be talking to Remy and be like, Remy, we don't need this. We don't need Yelp. We have our stars on the top of our restaurant. You know, so there, there's so many things they exactly. can do. Uh, Ratatouille is a classic. That's a good pick, Zach. Really good Thank pick. You. All right, Ben. Zach and I, we this is the most we've ever agreed. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I was going to say Monsters, Inc. also. Uh, but yeah, we are getting that show. Um, it would have been good. You know, the, the prequel. It's funny, but it's not as great as the original. Um, but I'm with high hopes for the the show, which I guess takes place after. So, but anyway, uh, this was hard, definitely. Like we said, because going through, there's there's a lot of stories that are wrapped up really well in one movie, so it's kind of hard to choose. But I'm I'm thinking about Soul because it introduced uh, some really interesting concepts and that whole. Um, that whole kind of new world <laughs> with all the Jerry's and everything. Um, but uh, yeah, with the, with the souls going to that place and then, um, you know, the new baby souls too. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of directions they, they could go. Um, and I know there was a short too with 22, um, how she was kind of leading. I think she, she was leading like a group of, uh, of the new souls to find their place before they go to earth. I think a movie like that would be good. Um, Cause she's, at the end of the movie kind of turned her character around, you know, she has a new perspective. So something like that, or maybe a new person that, that dies on earth and then goes up there and then she's trying to help him. And maybe he uh, has a different outlook on things and, um, you know, argues with her, I guess, and then has to turn around his perspective and, you know, seeing a cameo maybe from, from Jamie Foxx's character. Um, and the sequel would be cool. So I, I feel like there's a, a lot of different roads you could go with uh, with Soul, um, whereas some of the other ones have like a really good, you know, ending. Or um, not to say this one isn't good; it's it's good as well. But I think they they opened it up to a a big world that they could explore some more in a, in a sequel. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they did anything with Soul Two even soulier. Into <laughs> two Soul. Too fast, too soul. It'll be awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're right. Soul has such a big world, not even just on the Earth, but the world they have in their their soul realm. You know, with all the right. like the things with the lost souls and the the hippies on uh, the, the the ship. If you remember that, that was really cool. Yeah. I, 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 but yeah, they, they could go. You're right. They could do in so many different directions. They could do an all new character. They could catch up with Joe. They 
it could catch up with 22. I think it'd be, you could do something really cool where you have it like be to about 22. And then maybe later on in the movie, she meets up with Joe and they're both older and they maybe have a moment where mm -hmm. they see each other and like, Oh, first movie. And it could be really emotional. You could do it, but yeah, soul, soul would be awesome. I love that one. Yep. I want to see the cat back. I want to see oh, if he's okay. I agree. <laughs> you know, Pixar has really been killing it with cats lately. I like the one in, in Soul, and I like the one in Luca. The one in Luca was really funny. I, I like how he judged them. <laughs> he reminded me of Ron yeah. Swanson. Yeah, he did. He looked like a Ron Swanson cat. <laughs> All right. Well, you both chose excellent picks. I was struggling between two because I think you could make great sequels out of both. I think you can make a great sequel for Wally, -E, and I think you can make a great sequel for Inside Out. I think there's, there's a ton of different ways you can go. And since Ben chose Soul, I'm not going to go with another metaphysical meta movie with Inside Out. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and vouch for Wally -E getting a sequel. I know, Jacob, you're not a fan of Wally, -E, but hear me out. Just hear me out for the two minutes that I have, okay? Um, now that they're back on Earth, and I know kind of in the credits, Wally -E showed sort of the real, sort they, they sort of showed the rebuilding process of Earth. But I want to see that fleshed out into like an hour and a half, hour 40 minute movie really show that process what happens to the robots now that the humans are back on earth and that you know they're, they're making food they're planting food are there enough resources to last for humans what does repopulation what does re the repopulation look like did any of them lose weight because they were all pretty uh out of shape we could say when uh when we when we saw the humans on the spaceship i mean i think we i think we can all agree but we, we would all probably be like that if we were on the ships for those for that long but i kind of i just want to see What's that next step? What happens to robots like Wally and Eve? Do they do, do they start decommissioning the robots or do they help out with rebuilding society? What happens to the humans? Do some humans not do do we get a band of humans who want to go back to the old ways or or and do we have a humans that uh you know ready to move on and ready for this next uh this next this next part of their journey? Just them getting acclimated to earth cuz remember they were on that ship for years. So, you know, so for them being on Earth, this is a whole new experience. And to see that fleshed out in a movie would be really cool. And see, and they would probably have to learn from Wally because Wally's been on Earth the longest out of all of them. Our damn robot has been on Earth longer than all of them. So I think that'd be really cool. Plus, all the other robots, too, are really, really fun and interesting. I think what was it? Uh, it was the cleaning robot, Mo. Uh, there's this little, that little cleaning robot, Mo. I liked him a lot. So, yeah, I, I just think in the continued evolution of the romance between Wally and Eve, I think it'd be really cool. So yeah, I would like Andrew Stanton to come back and direct the sequel to Wally, just to see what's what does Earth look like now that they're back. Wally Two Fury Road. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> awesome. It, yeah, because they're post-apocalyptic. That they're back on Earth. It's gonna be awesome, Rod. No, those are that's a lot of really good ideas. Like you know, like you said, Wally wasn't isn't my favorite one, but they could they could explore some really great things about humans and how they would come back to earth and you have to remember i don't think any of those guys on the ship they've probably never been to earth because weren't right. they they were born on that ship they were, they were gone for a long time so all the captains be, died yeah yep yeah yeah that's true and th they could do something really cool with that because they could it'd be like a fish out of water story but on earth you know and re-exploring earth and i think you could go through so many themes and and because of that i think i'm gonna have to choose yours rod i uh, you, you convinced me. Your talk. I know that's surprising, but I, I, I some of those ideas I feel like you could go really far with and and really hone in on. So Wally two. All right. Well. Well. <laughs> I can't give myself a prize here, but 
Uh, <laughs> this was fun. This was a lot of fun. And I want to give Ben and because I, I thought actually I thought I was going to lose because I thought I I thought uh, Ben's idea for Soul was really good. And I that idea for a uh, uh, for a Ratatouille two also sounds pretty good. So yeah, um, they were all good. Yeah, I would like to see a lot of those sequels. So. All right, that will do it for our debate episode today. Congratulations to myself. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Don't worry, Zach. I won't rub it in too much tonight. Yeah, sure. Just tomorrow. Just just check your just check your just check your DMs tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> it was rigged. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, me and Jacob had a chat last night. I said, hey, here's 20 bucks. All right, exactly. <laughs> here's you that mode me. Here's the extra copy of Godzilla. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe I'll just maybe you know that's my prize. I get to keep your copy of Godzilla. Now. <laughs> just recycle it every time. Whoa. it. Recycle yeah. like Wally. See, Ben, Ben got it. That's the message of the movie. Make sure you, re- you recycle, guys. See, it's important. For, for Wally too, they did, I want like a total nihilistic, like depressing movie of how humans do not change. And they just get fatter on Earth and just ruin it all again. Like making like that, that movie, The Road with Vigo Mortensen. Yeah, <laughs> really depressing. Just really depressing. Yeah. Like damn. Well, that's why I mentioned like that faction because there there are definitely would be like that group of people, Zach, who would oh definitely not want to go back to the old ways. Who would just be used to being lazy and not wanting to go back to you know actually having to do work. Exactly. Are they'd be like we need yeah they'd be like we need to stay in space. Come on, guys, Fast and Furious. <laughs> well, you know Dominic Trust is gonna make a cameo. So yeah, he's he got to. It's all about family. It's all, it's all about, about family. family. You he's need family when you're coming family. back to Earth. It's important. Families and Coronas. Yeah, he's gonna show up. They're all gonna have a big old barbecue at Dom's house, and they're all gonna be drinking Coronas, even the babies, because you know. And, and they're gonna be Wally. using recycled <laughs> plates, Rod. So remember, Wally be cleaning everything up. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you listeners for uh joining us for another fun debate episode uh, this was a lot of fun mm-hmm. thank you zach uh for for, for for coming back to the trying to defend your title and uh yep. jacob for coming up with all these great questions and you have some great backup questions too jacob i was hoping we could get like a tide so we can do some of those backup questions they're really good oh thanks <laughs> i i was excited about those those are the ones that i just i i, I thought of but I wasn't, I didn't put them on quite, but they were my next best ones, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, some of those would have worked. Some of those would have worked. All right. Next time. Well, maybe next time. Maybe we'll save them for next time. So, Zach, mm-hmm. as we end your work, can people find you online? Uh, people can find me on Instagram at Zach Loves Everything. Um, I don't post as much as I used to, but I still try to post at least here and there throughout the, throughout the week. But yeah. That's where I post myself. I feel like you and I post like like the same amount of posts a week, like three, like two or three. Oh, whenever you post something, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> damn post. it. Rob posted. <laughs> Gotta get to work. Exactly. I'm like, I can't let it happen. <laughs> Jacob, where can people find you? Well, let's see. I'm at Judge Dread. No, I'm not. I'm Jacob Beals <laughs> on Instagram and uh, yeah, Automobiles on Twitter and then Jacob Beals on YouTube as well. All right. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, because they did you mention your TikTok also, right? You didn't mention. Oh your yeah, that's automobiles with an O T T O, mobiles. Yeah, I have a lot of fun on TikTok. I like that app. <laughs> ben, we don't have a TikTok, but we have an Instagram. Where can they find us on Instagram? That's right. We're on Instagram at the Infinity Film Podcast, and email us. Let us know how we're doing. Maybe uh, what's your favorite episode so far? Uh, maybe some more episodes you want to see, like the trivia or. 
or otherwise, let us know at rb.theinfinityfilmpodcast.com. That's rb, like Rod Ben, dot the Infinity Film Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. And make sure you tune in for our Marvel Thursdays. Uh, this week, Jacob and I will be dissecting or going over the three and four. I know, Jacob, you haven't seen it yet, so um, not, no spoilers, but you, you're going to want to tune into that conversation. Uh, no episode next week, because I'm sure all four of us will be in the theater watching Black Widow next Thursday night. That's right. So uh, no no, uh, no Marvel Thursday that week, but um, the following week, we're going to have a lot of talk about Black Widow. So be, be on the lookout for that. Um, I know we're all excited for the MCU to be back in theaters, so it's going to be and it's a short week next week too, so it's that much sweeter. It's a short week next week, so I'm 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 excited, and but I'm sure we're, we're all not as excited as someone else who appears on this podcast frequently, Mr. Kenneth. Um, if you're listening, I I keep it together, man. We're almost there. We're almost there, buddy. <laughs> eight we're about days. A week away. Yeah, eight days. Yeah. Well, by the time this episode drops, it's less than a week. So I'm sure he's got tickets until it comes out on 4K. So yeah, guys, Black Widow is coming soon. So that'll do it for us. Thank you again to Zach and Jacob for joining. Uh, ben, as always, always good to see you, my friend. And uh, for myself, we'll see you guys next time. Recycle. <laughs>